Welcome, welcome to Bard's Backlog, episode number 26. I am your host, Josh Gallegos, joined by the casual Jared Benson. Jared, how are you doing, man? How's Oklahoma? It's good. I actually, uh, I really like Oklahoma the more that I live here, the more that I stay here. Um, That's making good. friends, Making friends at our age is difficult no matter where you are, just trying to find people that have the same views on life you are, but as far as like where I live, the cost of living, the price of things, going out, the culture, the variety of experiences to do and to have, I really like it here. So Oklahoma's good. How is uh, the panhandle, my friend? It's good. You know, I count my blessings being here from time to time. And it's nice and cold right now. Yes. So that's nice. Like it's that time of year where it's real nice to be outside. Um. So enjoying it, enjoying it for, for these few weeks that we have it <laughs> before it's yes. all gone. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I, I love the relaxed vibes. I don't know what it was, but when we went to California, it just was very stressful that whole time. And being back was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just because this is like where we've been. So it's just comfortable in its home. But I'm I'm happy to be here. I am. Yeah. Whenever you can carve out a space in reality that is your domain, your ex, you're an expert in it. You clean it. You maintain it. You you provide for it. Like I think you're always gonna have fond. If you do that successfully, you're always gonna have fond memories of that place. Whereas the whole state of California is singing that old rock song, "Should I stay or should I go?" No one oh, seems yeah. to know. So it's uh, I it's, got uh, chaotic. Yeah, I got some. Memories of California. I mean, we have some collective ones. So mm-hmm. there's a lot. There's a lot of history. You know, me and California go way back. <laughs> yes. So and Florida. I mean, I definitely do here too. But I don't. I think it is definitely like the carving out of not only our little apartment and being here and enjoying that, but just the routine of it all. Like mm-hmm. getting into the the grind has been nice having the break was good but i'm back into it and it is there's a cadence to that if you can get that in your life that is soothing weirdly enough like reassuring and yeah obviously fulfilling like work has inherent value in that way anyway so absolutely getting that you know is nice it's nice i like it um, but, of course, this is Bard's Backlog, the ever-growing catalog of video games inducted into the Hall of Games. You know what? i got to change that, Jared, because we... I have... Okay, so maybe I need to ask you, because I did not consult you on this, but I have changed the official title on the podcast services. So, right now, it actually says the Hall of Games, mm-hmm. as opposed to Bard's Backlog. What do you think? I actually still have Bard's Backlog on there as the tagline, so I flipped it before Hall of Games as the tagline. What's your What's your thought there? What's oh, I I am I'm impartial either way. I I think it's fine. Um, you know, Bard's Backlog may not immediately invoke a sense of what the podcast does, 
but the Hall of Games sure does. And we often, you know, at the end of every podcast, we're talking about what goes in, what comes out. Sometimes, you know, what gets replaced, what stays in, all this different stuff. So that very mm-hmm. clearly defines our, our purpose and mission statement. So, I mean, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm good with it all. I will always refer to you, though, as the bard, the video game bard. So that's going <laughs> to, I think that, I think you're stuck with that for me, at least. Yeah, and I like that for sure as well. I, I do want to keep that around. Um, I have been kind of finagling with different handles, but that's also because the ambitions that I had behind the video game bard have been put on the side. So, sure. Eventually, I will kind of crawl back and live in that <laughs> skin sure. again. Yes. Um, but for now, that is not the case. I think it could basically be interchangeable. Yeah. In my mind. Like, it's almost like it's the Hall of Games colon Bard's Backlog. You know, like, yeah. it's all one title. Yeah. Like, uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's all one title, you know? So that's, I guess that's probably the best way to think about it. Because yeah. it does kind of require both sides of that, at least in my mind. Um, anyway... We are the gatekeepers and executioners of those video game candidates that we are going to discuss about putting into the Hall of Games. And today's candidate, we'll get to in just a minute. Write in. Email is askvgb at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on social media as well. I am right now, I'm at jrg underscore jackson on Twitter. And Jared is also still at Jared T. Ben. Um, Yeah, right? Hasn't changed. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. I need to stop being so uh, nerdy on Maine, though. <laughs> like I tweet about everything. I'm trying to cultivate like a professional uh, appearance on Twitter, but then I'll go ahead and answer like an anime poll and retweet, you know, a Barstool's greatest singers list. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm yeah. all over the place. So I have no. Uh, there's very little professionalism. But uh, any gaming related questions <clears throat> or tweets, you know, sub me in there, man, and I'll like let's talk about it. I love that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Of course, you can support us by uh, being on those social media uh, platforms with us, following us there, um, or by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts. We accept all honest reviews as long as they are five stars. Last time we talked about the Game of the Year choices that we had for 2021. Go back and check out that episode. It was a very solid conversation, I would say. Oh, yeah. Had a good time with that. But now, Jared... It's time to jump into episode 26. First and foremost, of course, we must discuss the games we plan. Tell me, Jared, you got that PS5 over there. I know that you've been enjoying it, so how's it been? Every time I consider myself as a PS5 owner, I get this big, goofy smile on my face. (laughs) But uh, I am thoroughly enjoying the PlayStation exclusives. Obviously, some of the best of the best are exclusives for their platforms, thinking Halo of Xbox, thinking God of War for PlayStation. 
And two of the, the games that are dominating most of my time right now are uh, uh, Skyward Sword, which maybe we'll cover eventually, and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is kind of like, it's an open world RPG use, using primarily a spear and bow and arrow to hunt down machines in kind of a weird uh, religious overtones, uh, post-apocalyptic, but tribal at the same time. It's just a funky mix of everything. But the movement throughout the world is very akin to what I would describe as uh, Arkham City. Very much yes. like it, it relies heavily on stealth, combat, being smart about your tactics, baiting, trapping, uh, respecting the difficulty that is hunting these animalistic machines, which are all designed after something. Um, you know, some are designed to look like crocodiles, some look like bit giant turkeys, and some look like dinosaurs. So, a uh, very awesome game. It's been, it's, I'm, I'd imagine it's been compared to Skyrim, to whatever else, but I, I find the movement uh, much closer to. Uh, Arkham City for sure, though done in a wild landscape instead of a city, of course. So great do game, you, love it. Based on that, I'm wondering, do you like the design, like the the world design, the visual aspect of it, the combination, the mashup, you know, of the different things? Just the way you explained it, kind of seemed like it was middling. I don't know. No, no. I actually, I, I'm. It, it's a hodgepodge. It's a hodgepodge of, an, of everything. If you don't have the machine aspect, you end up with, uh, you know, the the jungle and the swimming and the creatures aspect of that and hunting those creatures, as well as dealing with bandit camps and your typical like, you know, non-play, you know, NPC enemies, you know, these human human-based enemies. You end up with Far Cry. Um, if you do it. In sure. a city, you end up with Arkham City. If you do it in, uh, uh, you know, just tribal stuff with spears and mammoths and old, you end up with uh, Far uh, Cry Primal or something along those lines. If you do it with magic in medieval, you end up with Skyrim. So this game has to carve out a niche somewhere. And I remember in 2018 or 2017 when it was being released, seeing this character, Aloy, bring down massive like metal dinosaurs like these creatures that looked so good in the graphics looked so good in the preview that was eye-catching to me and so i love the weird mix-up of all these different tastes instead of being middling i actually think that they successfully stand out because of the variety of influences they bring into this game and of course the combat and the movement is so fluid so it's it's fantastic all around i'm enjoying every second i haven't had any um uh, complaints other than some of the menuing is tedious, but you know, that's just, that's something I harp on a lot. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd love it, love it, love it. And God of War too, surprisingly for such an old game, um, really is enjoyable. It's really straightforward. Uh, I'm really liking God of War. This is the first, the first God of War way back on the PS2, I think, or maybe it's PS1. Yeah. I don't know. PS2. No, yeah. And, uh, playing on the PlayStation stream. So really, really enjoying that and thankful for the opportunity that PlayStation, you know, as a platform has said, we're going to remaster some of our games. We're going to make sure that those are playable so that you can maintain your love of an entire series. Some of that stuff is, you know, I can't go get a GameCube game and play it on the Switch. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. just not that simple, not in every case. So I'm really enjoying both of those games. Um, how about you, Josh? I see that you listed a game here that we mentioned on our last episode, but I would love to hear more. Yep. I decided to get Deathloop. And I'm glad I did. We had a little bit of money for my birthday, so I used <laughs> it on that. Um, <laughs> it was on sale, and after playing Dishonored, I was like, man, I just got to give 
Deathly Petri. Like, Arcane has proven itself to me. Yep. And I played a little bit of it this weekend. I put in, I think I got to, like, I think day two in the narrative or whatever. And it's fun. It's it's good. Like, I can feel the Dishonored Roots hardcore sure. in it. Um, but that's great. Like, that's that's a total plus in my mind. And the concept is fun. Obviously, it's a time loop, but the whole setup is just, it's exciting. Basically, the whole island that he's on, they all agreed, because it was the end of the world, that they would be trapped in a time loop together. So yep. they're all reliving the same day over and over and over so that they don't have to face oblivion, you know? Um, and now your character, who at the start wakes up and doesn't remember his his past... Um, is the head of security, and he is trying to now get out of the loop. Mm. So he knows how to do it, but the rest of the island doesn't want to get out, so they're all trying to stop him. But it's so interesting because everybody's in the loop, so you you kill enemies, and they like disappear right in front of you because that means they're resetting in the loop. You know, They're waking back up in the next day, and your character moves on until he dies, and then the whole thing gets reset, and so on and mm. so forth. So... It's just fun in that way. It has a cool uh, time element to it as well because you have only a certain amount of lives. Basically, they trick the system. They give you more lives than you actually, you know, technically have. You have a couple of tries. So you can go in and die twice before on your third death is when you're going to completely reset. Oh, I Um, see. Okay. And when you reset, quote unquote, you're going into the next part of the story, the second day. So basically, you have those three tries to explore, complete the mission. Of course, if you don't complete the mission, um, that change uh, like there's some of that stuff I'm confused about. Like if I ended up using up all the tries and didn't complete the mission, like what happens then? Do I just right. restart that day? I'm not sure. Um, but it has just like this feeling of um, finality. Like something's about it's temporal. The whole situation. So like utilize that time and like be careful with your life because you only have a few of them i like that feeling yeah um and it's not in a bad way which some games can lean into like a difficult uh not difficult but just like bad time constraint type mechanic but some games are legendary for them um, yeah. Majora's Mask immediately comes to mind as this three-day loop and this time limit concept that just works so well. So thus far, and what I've played with Deathloop, it works really well. I'm curious to see how that continues on and if the the concept just isn't strong enough to keep the story together. It's a fun setup, so we'll see. But yeah. I also really love the writing. like the Because you and the, the character who's trying to kill you is... Um, obviously a, a good friend of yours, but you can't remember anything. So you're like, you're just getting to know her, but she knows everything about you and like hates your guts now and is trying to kill you. Yeah. And so their interplay, those two characters, the, the titular characters, I guess not titular, but they're on the like cover art and everything. Sure. That is all like top notch, like Hades level writing, like yeah. level writing. Like it's great. Like it's, it's so much fun. So I'm looking forward this weekend is my birthday weekend and I'm going to take most of the free time that I have to play Deathloop. <laughs> so I will keep you posted. So your birthday is this weekend, huh? It is indeed. Yeah, uh, Friday, I totally Saturday, Sunday. Forgot. What's that? What day is what day? 
It is Sunday. Sunday is your birthday. Do I have that down somewhere? <gasps> I do not. Shame on me. I don't have my friend's birthday memorized. <laughs> I Shame forget on yours me. too. I forget yeah, yours well, too. That's okay. yours well, in the fall. I'll text you, but happy early birthday, and you get the whole weekend to yourself, and you're turning 26? Yep. Wow, old man. Right Welcome. behind you, old Welcome. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be chilling, going to be pampering myself. My wife calls it birthday week. Yes. She's like, birthday week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and extends out all the spoiled things that she wants, you know. Love it. So. Yeah, so I will I will uh, play more Deathloop and, and see what I think. Love it. Default segment. Let's talk about it. For this strange default segment this week, we're going to be talking about our most anticipated game of 2022. And quite honestly, there are so many. It's hard to choose, Jared. It is very difficult to choose. Which one in your mind sticks out, like above the rest? Is there a particular title? I mean, the obvious answer that all the hype is about, all of the conversations about, all of the tweet storms, all of the, all you know, all the trendiness, the vir- the virality is going to go towards Elden Ring, and I I do hope desperately that it lives up to the hype, just for the sake of the creator, the From Software team, the uh, or, you know, the crew of people you know that are you know writing off of From Software's reputation and trying to li- live up to some good stuff, the writing of George R.R. R. Martin, the all of this different stuff, I, I certainly hope it doesn't fall flat. But personally, my personal most anticipated game of 2022 is actually the second Horizon Zero Dawn game, um, just because I'm falling in love every day more and more with the first game. And so that's just my niche. I love open-world RPGs with some fantastic combat. Uh, and this is the best open world RPG I've played since Breath of the Wild. So I'm I'm just super stoked about it. Which also may be getting a sequel. We don't know. Breath of the Wild two possibly being released in 2022. I don't think it's been confirmed, but it's been like leaked a thousand times. Um, so I, I don't know. But I'm I'm super super stoked about all of those. But for me, it's Horizon Zero Dawn the sequel for sure. Sweet. That is definitely an exciting title ps5 like they did such a good job within the i mean at this point constraints but at the time like cutting edge ps4 graphics like yep it still holds up like oh, i haven't even oh, yeah. seen it and i and i know it does like yes it is a beautiful game from a studio that was already fantastic with mm-hmm. the like the tech side of things you know just like getting the most out of stuff so i am really excited to see their ps5 title yeah um, it's just gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be exciting. Like I, I, I wish I had the TV for it. Say <laughs> <laughs> yes. For you, is it? Yeah. Uh, are you the most psyched about uh, Elden Ring? I'm guessing that is definitely a yes. There, <laughs> I can't deny that. <laughs> um, but who is not? 
this is definitely the year of Elden Ring, at least right now. And honestly, I don't see that changing, even with Breath of the Wild 2. Like, I think just Elden Ring is going to stay in people's minds for a long time. That's my yeah. prediction. All right, so hold me to that if I'm incorrect in the future. <laughs> and it flops, you know, cyberpunk style. And in a year, we're all talking about, like, what in the world happened with Elden Ring? All right, whatever. Um, I don't think anything like that will happen, I trust, uh, from software. But yes, definitely yes. definitely cannot deny. But honestly, outside of that, I am very much looking forward to God of War, Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, very much. I love the reboot. Not reboot, but reimagining on the PS4. Uh, played it first day it came out marathoned it it was such an experience they have always been games that went for a level of cinematics that went for a level of graphical detail that other games wouldn't even back on the ps2 like you're playing the first god of war which at this point just looks like blocks oh oh yeah it does yes but at the time its entire selling point was how good it looked that was its whole thing, and the scale as well. Like I'm assuming you've defeated the Hydra. Yes. Um, yeah, I put a couple so, hours into it, and and yeah. I was even now though I'm I may be playing some touched up version of it. I'm sure that I am, but I was I was just thinking I was like you know this this looks good. I mean if I was playing on a PlayStation Two, I remember what things looked like on the PlayStation One and PlayStation Two. I right. can very easily say even with hindsight being you know the bias that it is that I would have been blown away to see this yeah. these cutscenes on PlayStation 2 for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. The CG is like so nice for that era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at the same time like across the blockbuster there was like you know, Tack the Tasmanian uh, uh Tack the Power of Juju and like the horrible graphics there. So, yeah, no, great great series. Honestly, um God of War like they had a difficult situation facing them because with the ps4 title like the scale aspect the like cutting edge graphics other people were doing it now you know yes it wasn't unique anymore it wasn't something that was theirs so they took on that challenge to their credit and came up with another unique way of doing it which is the single camera take which is just fantastic like it's a cool experience and it actually works like it's not a gimmick and it it makes it feel intimate in a way that the other games didn't and it uh obviously makes it more cinematic and dramatic and they can pull out more of the character interplay um in a a unique way and because of the fact that no other game has done it on that level with the level of detail of course that they gave into the graphics themselves um it just it stands out amongst its peers like there's a reason why people say that god of war is the best game of the last generation Right, um, right, and it and it comes down to that. I think that bold move to put it all on a single camera and let the characters and the story breathe, and it's great. And so I'm excited for you to play through the series, and I'm yeah. excited for the next game this year. I'm a, I'm like on full like blackout with it. I will not read anything about it. I am just gonna buy it and play. <laughs> it. Mute all the terms on Twitter and like do not talk to me about it. Yes, yes. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. But lots of great games, man. Lots of great games coming out this year. I was just like glancing through really fast. We got like Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Um, obviously, Breath of the Wild Two is likely. Uh, I don't. I would not be surprised 
if we get um, another major Nintendo game. I don't know what that is. Sure. But something else that's super hype that at the end of the year everyone's going to be talking about. Um, Starfield is supposed to come out this year, which has been talked about for so long. So, like, that's going to be crazy just to see what even happens with it, if it's if it's even good at the end of the day. But it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a, an exciting year. And we only know so much already. Like, it's the start of the year. So much can still happen. Oh, yeah. Um, we could get a sleeper so. hit like Hades was or like It Takes Two or stuff, anything yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And Metroid Dread surprised all of us. Yes. So, 100%. yeah, we could, we could absolutely get some kind of like, you know, a newcomer among the among the classics who just steps in and takes up all the energy in the room and, and, and uh, it, it's something everyone falls in love with. Who the heck knows? But I'm excited about it. It sounds like to me, it sounds like the industry is bouncing back this year. So yes. I'm, I'm yes. excited to see that um, come to fruition. Nonetheless, Jared, it is time. Let us jump into the main segment of course the pick of the week and for this week jared and i okay spoilers if you have the title on your podcast but is of course shadow of the colossus Shadow of the Colossus, what was once a PS2 game, now of course we're talking here about the PS4 um, remake, really, that uh, Bluepoint did, uh, but that PS2 game that at that time did, actually what similar to what we were just talking about with God of War, did, which was uh, show a sense of scale that was especially on those older televisions, you know, on those older consoles, was just awesome to behold, like for the first time, and now we're here <laughs> to discuss it in more detail honestly jared your mind is so fresh with the details here i did not get to take the time to replay it like i had hoped just too busy with work mm. um but i have played it i think the last time i would have played it is when it came out so um it's only been i think that it was 2018 as well um it's only been a few years so it's fairly fresh in my mind, and I, it was a pretty pivotal experience for me because Shadow of the Colossus was such a huge deal in my life. Um, just at that time, I feel like what it meant to me and the place I was. Um, and Jared, you were there for a portion of it, so... Yes, yes. Um, it, it has a deeper connection on that level, for sure. Um, and then, of course, there's the hype that just you know hearing about it over the course of time as I had gotten into the industry and whatnot, then seeing it come back back out, like I have those connections with it, so I feel like I can definitely put in a good opinion here. Um, but your experience, Jared, tell me about it. What was what was your first impression going in? How do you feel now as you finally mold over all the details? Shadow of the Classes is something you were looking forward to, so. 
what what happened there, Jared? You know, I was just it was one of those moments where um I seeing you play it for the first time was where the game just gripped me. There was something so plain and yet so beautiful, hauntingly beautiful about watching this solemn music being played in the background and this large creature of like unknown background, at least at the time. So you got to consider where I was coming from, which was like no knowledge of this game, nothing. All of a sudden to see this tiny little character use the hair on a creature's back to cl- to scale them physically while like dealing with the real world consequences of muscle fatigue and um, trying to bring them down with a holy sword. Like that's the, all, the whole concept of, of what I had seen. And obviously PlayStation exclusive, something I didn't have access to. And so it just burned in my brain as this game with so much potential as in like, what's the purpose? Why are we bringing these creatures down? Is who's the bad guy here? Is it the creature? Is it the kid? Is it, you know, um, what's going on? You know, what's at stake? Um, what does this game include? Is there prominent bow function? Is there other humans that you have to fight off? Are you, you know, is this a collect and gather game? Is this an open world RPG? Is this a linear storyline? What, what is going on? And so it just gripped me from the first start. But my first impressions of the game, especially in the remaster, I mean, you're talking about major steps of resolution as the original game was released for PlayStation 2 back in 2005. So the resolution was like SD quality. It was like, it was like uh, you know, 500 by 200 something, you know, and then it finally gets remade for, you know, in, in a cinematic mode for the 4K. So you got, you know, 1080p and all that different stuff. So it finally becomes, you know, the true potential of the game is one of cinematic masterpiece, one of beauty, one of um, one of you know colors and sounds and sights and smells and the experience that draws you into the an otherworldly game. And so my first impression of the game upon finally getting my hands on it and playing it was that this game is beautiful, absolutely stunning in a haunting way. Uh, obviously, he's carrying the the body of his lifeless you know girlfriend or something to this temple where he's about to make this awful choice, you know, the love of his life, or sister, I don't even know, actually, he's carrying the, bar- okay, maybe, whatever, so sister, so sister, and he, he makes this bargain with, you know, a god, and anytime you have to ask a god for something, and they ask you for something in return, you have to just assume that you're getting the raw end of that deal, and uh, so, you know, why am I defeating these creatures that was finally answered, it's because they're making me do that, so this girl can have true life, but the cost will be great, what will the cost be at the end of it? And so there's so many questions and and just this very simple storyline, very beautifully set up and laid out. And so my first impression was one of beauty. And my last impression was one of, well, it's a cut to the chase, really one of frustration and, you know, pent up excess energy um, in in what was a, a disappointing finish in what felt like an unfinished product um, and what felt like an unpolished gem. Um, and so that, that was my first impression and my final impression. I just kind of, I didn't fall out of love with it, but I did feel like, I don't know, it could, it was like a diamond without a setting. It was like, you know, it it serves no practical purpose, but it is pretty to look at. And, um, that, that was truly my final impression of the game. Josh, tell me, so now I'm curious, you know, you mentioned I'm fresh just because I've played it within the last couple of days. Uh, and beat it recently and and played on time attack mode and and did a little bit more exploration and um but you tell me 
what do you remember from the game? Um, you know, yeah. what were you, the, what were your strongest takeaways having played it a while ago? Man, I remember the first couple of the Colossi yep. are like, we're just so breathtaking, like so awesome. And like after that long field ride between the two, um, it just, there is a sense of wonder that few games are able to capture that those, especially first couple of um, Colossi just really brought out, I felt like. I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but uh, even in the PS4 remaster, like it is about, it is from an older game, but it does seem like to me, uh, with Bluepoint being behind it, they really did deliver on the same impact that I would think the first game had um, with that scale. Maybe not as, maybe because I'm, you know, a little jaded at this point, it's not as uh, shocking of a scale level to be achieved, but. It is still impressive, especially at the start. As you get into it, though, you begin to run into the clunkiness, the oldness of it, you know? And that's where it begins to get uh, diminishing returns on that fun and that awe (laughs) that comes from it. And as it gets harder, and the game's mechanics can't keep up, at that point, that's where you get to the point where, yeah, it is, okay, I'm fine to put this away. Like, I don't need to play this at this point. Um the artistry has been conveyed i have appreciated it and so i can move on yeah um and especially i think my breaking point and i want to know what yours is as well my breaking point was i don't even know what you call this guy but he's like the tall tower dude that has like a big old stick he's holding and you have to like get on the stick i think or get on his legs i even i can't even remember how you solve it um but he was, to me, clearly broken. Like, it was so hard to achieve what I needed to to get past him. I'm not sure if you're aware who I'm talking about with that, Jared, but... You're talking um, about the kind of the knight character with the sword that he slams into the ground? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you he's have the, to, like... He's like the fourth or fifth colossi. Maybe, maybe yeah, third, actually. Like, that you, was where... So he, he hits it the ground to go like negative for me. Yeah. So that's pretty early on in the game. Cause there's 16 of them. Um, right. And so, so he hits the ground and then it gets stuck briefly and you have to run up his sword. Right. Does it sound familiar? This right. is who you're talking yes, about. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, if you don't have him hit the ground at the right place, you can never get past his, his, uh, wrist bracelet and the game right. Yeah, yeah, I know I who you're talking to look about. It up. Yeah. I yep. remember it being like way too like unclear, mm. and that was when it started to like go to the unfun side. And for the rest of the game, like it has its good moments, um, and for sure, it's it's a piece of art. Like honestly, like, with the size and the scale, but um, I definitely pushed myself through it. <laughs> Yeah, um, which ties into what was going on in my life at the time, which was a, a time where I was trying to get away from everything, and so I kind of pushed myself into this game mm. um, in a time where I probably would not have pursued otherwise. But 
in that way, it does kind of resonate, but I, I, it has not been something that I've never, I, I've ever even necessarily wanted to play completely through again. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The so the the night he didn't he didn't give me problems, but there was a couple of times in which the the lack of clarity on what to do in certain situations was frustrating. Um, in, in which sometimes the explanation from the God was very straightforward. It's like, you have to go here <laughs> to, to beat this Colossi. And then other times it was supremely vague. And my breaking point, my real frustration was with two of them. Uh, I pushed through and then I played it again on normal difficulty. And then I played it through again on hard difficulty. And my purpose for doing so was to give this game every chance at... Um, impressing me or surprising me or showing me its best works, you know, giving me some more depth than initially was like, all you have to do is beat 16 Colossi. That's it. And, um, sure. Right. And, and on the surface level, that's what this game, this game appears to be. And, um, so the, uh, the one that broke me was that horse character. He's has a name, but I can't remember. I think it's Fembra with a PH, but I don't remember. Um, yes. But you have to like hide in the entrance way, and then you can't be seen by him, or else, yes. or else he he turns away, and then you just spend you know what feels it's, like forever trying to like get this horse. Yes, trying to get this horse shaped <laughs> colossi to to bend over in just the right way so that you can hop onto his back, and uh, so that one was supremely frustrating because. The advice from the because if you take too long to do it, the god will speak from the skies and say you need to do this to beat this colossi. And so I just remember they're frustrated just for forty fifty minutes listening right. to the god say over and over again you need to deceive this colossi to to you know to climb on its back or something like that. And I just was like, what what does that mean? What does that mean? There was another there was another colossi in which it was like you have to get higher. And I was like, "Oh, that's pretty straightforward. That's good enough. That's not too specific. <laughs> it's not too vague." But with this one it's like you have to deceive the colossi and and I just like I don't know what that means. I don't have I don't have any tools in my arsenal that are built for deception. The entire game is built around the colossi needing to know where I'm at so it attacks in a specific way so I have an opening. It's right. you know, attack and counterattack. And this one was completely different. And then the the second one that frustrated me also to no end was the uh, the colossi that's afraid of fire, um, just because trying to stick on, you know, that colossi's back, you know, and and you know. So for those of you who haven't played, let me just set the scene just a little bit. You have a bow and arrow in which you can draw attention or you know injure the colossi a fraction of the amount, mostly to draw their attention and get right. them where you want them to be. And then yeah. you have uh, your sword of light, which is capable of stabbing weak points in the colossi, weaknesses, uh, Achilles heels, if you will, located at various points on the colossi or around the colossi. Which and you have, is always epic. Yes, yes. And you are, you're tasked with finding these weak points and jabbing your special sword in there and repeatedly until they die, essentially. And, you know, the weak points switch. So you'll have a, or not switch, but like, you'll exhaust the weakness of one point on the colossi and you have to travel physically across the colossi's body to the next point and 
again, injure that point until they finally die to arguably one of the more beautiful and simple scores I've heard in a video game. So the music is, is fantastic, side note a little bit. But so that's the whole purpose. And meanwhile, you're trying to climb this colossi and your stamina wheel, if you've played Zelda, that's it's similar to what you have here. You have a stamina bar, and if you run out, you fall off this thing and have to start over from scratch. You have to reposition the colossi, you have to climb up without getting injured, and you have to whatever else. Um, and that's the whole purpose of the game. And so there are some gimmicks and there's puzzles to getting these colossi in the specific positions that you can find them. And for the most part, they're all pretty straightforward. Uh, it's just a matter of doing it, timing your stamina correctly, and whatever else. But some of them are just, they're not intuitive. They don't make sense. They, they, they really yeah. have to, you have to really think about it or Google it or look it up because you're just not getting it because it's not straightforward. Yep. I remember and, uh, one in a lake. Um, I can't remember, but it had like, they were, you had to like be running between the buildings and... I think it would like jump out at you or something. I'm trying to remember what was going on with it, but that one was like one I was just like confused as to what even to do for a little while. Yeah. And that's just not a good feeling to me. Like that's not enjoyable. Yeah. So, and it does get counterbalanced. Like honestly, I think the climbing feels good for the most part. And it's not super unfair. Like, as long as you are following those patterns... Now, you have to figure out what those patterns are, right? Which is where, a, like, a guide will come in handy. But as long as you are, like, you can hold on. I'm pretty sure, right? Like, they can't shake you off entirely as long as you're holding the button down um, and not moving. Or am I incorrect in that? I mean, you do actually... You do eventually run out of stamina. If you were to hold on... Right. You but, would like, eventually... if you just hold the button down, they're not... Like, because they shake around sometimes. Oh, so, yes, like, I see what you're saying. You'll yes. flip-flop around, but, like, it's not going to be cheap and throw you off. Correct, um, yes. You do There's have no... that limited stamina, but typically you have, like, resting points and stuff as you're going up, so as long as you time all that out... Like, all that feels good to me, like, when you're mm -hmm. actually in the process of it. Um, it's the getting there... It's the, um, yeah, just like the, the puzzle solving side, I guess, just is not enjoyable and was frustrating quite a bit for me. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't like having to go and look stuff up. And at that time too, like I, like honestly at this point having my from software, uh, black belt now, I can probably put up with a lot more. Um, but back then it was it was irritating me quite a bit. <laughs> I yeah, just remember, I, I remember being very irritated. I don't like having to look up game guides because something is getting in my way in an annoying sense. Like if I if if you give me a puzzle, I will smack my head against a brick wall until I figure it out. But if something is, if I feel like I'm missing a core element that wasn't explained, um, that's when I get frustrated. It's like, mm -hmm. man, am I really going to have to look up how to do this because I'm stupid or because this is a poor teaching moment. And it, Josh, I'm sure you're, you know, painfully aware of that. I'm not insulting you when I say this, but like you do have to realize um, that there's a, there's a gap between when someone is being stupid and when you realize maybe I'm not explaining this in the best way. And uh, I've had moments like that when I tutored, uh, I'd be like, man, I'm, I probably am not explaining this correctly because they don't seem to be getting it um, so let me reconfigure. Let me try this again. And there's no dynamic learning with video games. It's a static thing that you're interacting with. So if you don't get it the way they want you to get it, you're kind of, you know, you're screwed a little bit. So you got to mm. you gotta figure that out. And so I, I, the puzzle aspect of the game, definitely 
flying through the air, being tossed about like a rag doll, trying to hold on for dear life, trying to take sparse resting points, accounting for gravity and positioning, like that's where the game shines, is those simple yes. moments of combat that you were talking about. Especially, and that's done no better than on the first Colossi. You climb up, there's, yes. a, little bleed, there's a little bleeding spot on the back of their, his, his leg. You stab that, he stumbles, and then you have an opening to jump to the next higher part, portion of his body where there's hair and you can grab something. And that's the shining point of the game, is that first Colossi. Everything yeah. else, it feels like, well, we can't do that for all 16 of them, but right. we, have a qu- we have a quota to fill, and so let's <laughs> add some gimmicks and some puzzles. And, some, and I think you, you get more frustrated than you get fulfilled in some of these. And I exactly. certainly see what you're saying with, with the knight character um, and, uh, and with the whatever else. And maybe I, I'm I, being a little overdramatic with it, you know, and it definitely doesn't lose the sense of awe. Like, I do remember any time there was, because there's a couple flying ones, Yep. Anytime one of those like passed overhead, like that was like, whoa, like yep. how am I getting up there? <laughs> like, yep. I know that's the guy. <laughs> that's definitely the guy, but you know, like what am I going to do here? So like yeah. it, it still gets that every now and then. Um, but there are a couple of moments where you'll like nail it the first time and it feels good, especially mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like so in that respect like it's not all pure frustration you know i guess i'm trying to say like there's some highlights throughout this game um even all the way to the end like the the last boss is awesome he is definitely worth pushing through in my opinion yeah um and honestly i don't even remember what happens after that <laughs> but yeah like, it is it is like it has it's like lights through the darkness. I don't want to make it sound like it's all bad. I feel like I've been dragging it a little bit, so I want to say that. But um, yeah, old game is old, Jared. Old game yes. is old. Okay, yeah, it is iconic old. bard phrase. Yes, yes. So I cannot I, I, change that. Yes, and, and I certainly you know have to recognize that the original version of this game was you know created who knows how long ago in the mind of someone and then finally put into action in two thousand and five. Um, in which you are working with technology that is limited at the time. And um, I, I just, for a game to be remade, I, I just, I suppose because the cinema is so accurate and the cinema is so realistic that you firmly believe, like, yeah, I could totally see this happening in a faraway land dealing with these giant colossi and the physics are so realistic when you get tossed left to right your character literally ragdolls and it it looks accurate it's not stiff it's not old and so you expect some a little bit more tightness than what you're actually given when push comes to shove in the physical mechanics of the game most notably um like the one that annoyed me the most was that the one that was afraid of fire kind of like this little cat creature which is only you know, four or five times larger than you were, whereas a lot of these colossi are towering beasts. You know, they're massive. And uh, they're colossus, right? And um, and so you, you have to fight this one, but but he's so rambunctious and shakes you so aggressively that you're just tossed to and from. And I ran out of stamina, I can't tell you how many times, just because there was never an opening in which to jam my sword into the only spot on his back because he was such a small colossi. And I just kept thinking, I was like, there are two, 
you know, he has hair on his back, but there's also bony plates because all of these colossi are covered in stone, right? Or bone, whatever, you know, art, artist. The artistry is great. There's like glyphs on the, the rock yeah, that they for wear sure, for, for armor. Sure. And, and so I was like, there's two plates at which my character, if I positioned him correctly and rotated him, could easily lock his feet in and place himself and firmly like put himself in place so that he couldn't be shaken as easily and jab my sword in and, and beat this this character. But that doesn't happen because like when your character is gripping the Colossi, there's no supplemental help. It's just different. Like there's 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 not as much elemental interaction as you might think there would be. So you know, old game is old, again, limited mechanics. But I just also kept thinking it's like you, you know, you gave me a game in which I have to, there's really like three buttons that you use regularly. Obviously you move your, you move yeah. your stick, but you use the grab button, which is square. I think you hold on with, or the trigger. Maybe I think it's the trigger actually. It's the trigger. You hold on with the trigger, but you also like use the trigger to, to jump and to <laughs> dodge roll and, you see what I'm saying? Like I, I don't yeah. know what it was, but it was like maybe we should be playing this on Atari. I don't I don't know. I could just kept seeing myself playing a much more mechanically adept game in which like, no, you use the triggers to rotate your character. Instead of moving up right. and down, you can rotate and brace yourself. Use this, like it uses extra stamina, but it braces you. Use this and it you, you see what I'm saying? Like I it just felt like if you're going to do this, the immersion and the technicality of which you can do that is totally viable in today's technology. But it's just, it's old. And instead of changing yeah. the gameplay, you just change, you give it a facelift. And I mentioned some of these points in our, our last podcast. But that was the most frustrating part is just to think that this game was so cinematically beautiful, but technically stunted in today's modern era of gaming that it, it can be looked at as the potential of something of that nature. And I really don't know of any other game that does this concept to such a dramatic degree as this one. Do you, does any other game come to mind as, as you know, Shadow of the Colossus type? Um, in respect of... Just kind like, of fighting big beasts, I guess. Huh. Um... When I phrase it like that, I feel like there are, but I just can't think of any off the top. There, of my head. I mean, there's definitely monster games, right? But nothing that is on the scale. I think God of War would be its biggest peer, honestly. Yeah. And you'll see that once you get to God of War three, especially even even right. two actually, yeah. even two is is a pretty big leap. Yeah, but I'd say that is its biggest peer for the most part. Yeah, like I don't know. I, yeah, I can't think of any like massive scale type things like right this. and i just you have the occasional thing you know like sure even in like zelda you, yeah like the, you had like the big guys that you go to the sides of the map to see so like you have aspects sort of like that every now and then yeah but this is a different level i'd say than than even the um champion things were in yeah the wild and i would just you know the the zelda game you know zelda solved that by uh, Breath of the Wild solved that by having areas in which you could not grab onto the wall, you know, perhaps a surface that was so smooth, like within the dungeons or the, the, you know, the puzzles that you're like, no, no, you're not allowed to climb here. We need you to solve it a different way. And, but for a game that was super um, intent on making it about 
you know, climbing physically, aggressively climbing these colossi for weaknesses to exploit. Uh, I just felt like it was out of the 16 colossi in which that was the concept of it, it was like they couldn't come up with more good ways to execute the core principle. And so they had to come up with a couple gimmicks. Um, and the flying and the swimming, I actually feel like are stronger colossi. The three swimming colossi, maybe there's only two, the two swimming colossi and the two or three flying colossi are some of the best fights in there. But there's no doubt in my mind that the final 16th one, the first one, and any of the others that are, you know, bipedal, you know, kind of hominid looking ones, apes, the ape, any of the apes looking ones are the most fun because they seem the most core to the game and they don't yeah, rely honestly, on gimmicks. Honestly, thinking yeah. back on a lot of those ones, like they all blend together to me. Yeah. Like I'm trying to remember moments from some of those just like hulking large ones. Um, even the first one kind of falls into that category. Now that one definitely sticks out because it is the first one. Right. But they all kind of blend together in my mind. Like it's hard for me to separate the moments in each of them. Yeah. Um, which and, is unfortunate. And, and, and I I really don't hate the way they laid some of this stuff out too, because you have like a snake that swims in the sand. You have a fish that is long and slender and swims in the sea. And then you have a, then you have a big moth-like seeming creature that flies in the sky with the big airbags that you have to puncture to bring it down, right? Um, and so you have, you know, three, you know, slithery creatures. And then you have, you know, three apes, one which is massive and has scaling bridges across the center of the map. And then you have one that is hidden in a dungeon is breaking through walls and you have to run away for a brief time. And then you've got another that's just walking pleasantly through a forest. Um, and, you know, so there's, there's some variety and some, you know, uh, um, uh, differences in, in these major colossi, but you're you right. Do... You're, you're, I am being a little too, I think I am being a little too, uh, blunt with my words. No, no, no. There's, I actually don't think you are there for sure. There is some variety, but I'm not saying that as a defense of the game. I'm saying that in a sense that like they got the core elements, but they, they, they relied on gimmicks to extend the plot. Because there's just, again, the depth. I, I can easily see like them coming to, we have this idea. Here's the framework. A god has been split into 16 pieces and someone has to defeat each of the 16 pieces, but they manifest themselves in different ways. And it's like, okay, that's great. How are you going to execute this? Well, we were thinking of having him climb up a giant kind of monkey-looking creature with hooves and a kind of a stick. Okay, <laughs> then what? Well, well, we were, well, we were thinking um, another monkey but this time he climbs up his beard okay then what well we were you see what i'm saying like the the yeah the depth isn't there and i while i love the ideas of many of the games i you know who doesn't love their own ideas there i have to have a you know i'm a, I, I i won't even call myself an author i try to write I, i'm very bad at it but I, I love the ideas that I've come up with. I can see them in my head and I kind of revert to them as like kind of mind palace ideas and I'll go take a tour of a city that I've designed or, you know, in my head or whatever else. But I have to admit that like, unless I get this onto paper or get it into film or get it into manga or anime or then it will always be in my head. And the ability, the lack of the ability to execute when you have an idea is it could be the downfall of that idea. And this is, the, in my mind, the exact same way. The music is there. The cinema is there. The idea is there. And even 
to the extent that the first idea of climbing up the, you know, the creature with using the hair on its back and the wound on the back of its leg, but beyond that, there's very little depth, very yeah. little depth. And it just feels like it lacks among its other counterparts. There is, there is an expectation that when you play these games, you're going to get rushes of dopamine and adrenaline surges. And for the most part, while I was sitting in my, you know, sitting in my chair in awe at the opening scene of, in the cinema, the opening scenes of each of these fights are tremendous, tremendous. Oh, yes. Movie-like, uh, maybe not in, in, in the, the quality of the 4K per se, but that's not really the point. The point is to inspire awe and to initiate fear and like, whoa, I need to gather myself. I need to strategize. I need to sit and to think and to breathe and, and briefly like consider how to conquer this beast and also just sit in, in awe of the majesty of this thing. But then as soon as you, know, you, you get past that cut scene and you have to get down to the dirty work, it just starts to, the feelings that rise in you are anger, <laughs> tension and frustration mm -hmm. in many of the different ways. Um, and yeah, I think that you get more of a dopamine rush from, you know, fighting a, a Lionel in Breath of the Wild, uh, <laughs> as I opposed to, disagree. yeah, right, right. And if the whole, if the whole concept of the game is to bring down these beasts and to, then you're going to want to make them not as annoying as possible, but as like life because that's what happened like uh, you know how many times i died fighting one of these even on hard you know how many times i died maybe not three many. or four times not yeah many. it's more really. just frustration like they're exactly. not hard to avoid exactly they're not hard to like you're not dying over and over it's just like yep. oh like it's not like it's just clunky yep. it's not working <laughs> and given and enough then... time your health regenerates quite quickly and right. so exactly yeah and so outside of time attack you know, and I can think of I can think of no more frustrating thing than to ask me to do something tedious under time constraints. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is some of these I enjoy tremendous, uh, tremendously because I can see the core principle. <clears throat> and other of these I just don't I don't look forward to. And and you're telling me that the only way to play this game is to go through all sixteen of these these colossi. And then to go through again on a time attack mode, and then to go through again on a hard time attack mode. Like, that's it? That's all you got for me? What's, you know, mm -hmm. you know. So, <coughs> excuse me, pardon me. No, but, you're good. But the, uh, the exploration, too, you're giving me an open world, oh, essentially, and a lots of hidden treasures and lots of whatever else. And there's no people. And I like the no people. It's haunting. Yes, but at the, I do but at too, the, for sure. But at the same time, like, I need a more direct connection to my exploration other than finding funky-looking lizards, which so are... in yeah. your mind, then, is this not emotionally resonating? Because that was a big thing when it came out, was that it was an emotional experience as well. Yeah. Like, you're you're killing these things, <laughs> you know, they're peaceful creatures. Oh, and you, they're, they're wondering why as you stab them in the back, you know? Yeah. Um, does none of that resonate with you? It does, but, but I think that shows a lack of, um, I won't say plot consistency. What I will say is character consistency because the game frame frames each of these colossi. So outside of the internet culture, which is saying these things, and outside of the sad music, which 
can't you can't help but feel melancholy as the sad music, you know, plays as the Colossi crumbles dramatically to the ground. And again, the cinema is tremendous. These things yeah. fall so elegantly, and they collapse in their face, and their arm, and their weapon drops from their hand, and and they just you know, or or you know what? I, so I I do get it. Like you're being a bully to these giant creatures, but at the same time, that's some character inconsistency because immediately upon defeating these creatures, because of the tediousness that would be riding your horse all the way back to get the next assignment, you are immediately shot through the heart with some black goo, and that's used as a mechanical device to get you back to the starting point. You know, and so these creatures, while they die, also kill you immediately afterwards. And I think the music is more for a point to show that you are slowly losing your humanity as you you know, you let the darkness come out of you while you, you know, kill this thing. And for, like, the god openly admits at the beginning that this is itself split into 16 parts. Hmm. And so it's helping you kill itself. So there has to be a reason for it. So I I would just say that, like... Reasoning his way out of it, I understand. But but that's what you have to do because that's where the, the character inconsistency comes from and again talks about how this game is more shallow than I think its fans wanted it to be. And I'm, I'm an optimist. I really am. I know I get on this and I, you know, you know, absolutely crap on fire emblem and some other things (laughs) that annoy me (laughs) and like some the menuing and Xenoblade Chronicles and some of the, some of the fights in shadow of the Colossus annoy me and whatever else. And, and I, you know, I have to have my criticisms or else we have nothing to talk about. Because uh, if we were to just gush over everything, we wouldn't have a Hall of Games. It needs to be at least a little exclusive. And so, Although you could say that we definitely just gushed all over Hades. For sure. Oh, but that's a perfect game, Josh. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's near perfection. Um, you are correct in that. Respect. Yeah. So, but, so with the Shadow of the Classes, again, it just I keep coming back to this realization that like the depth of this game is lacking. It's, it's not even that I hate the idea, but like the character inconsistency that this god is helping you kill itself, but it also wants you to be sad about it. I think that is the fans and the community wanting more from this game than it, than it was willing to give, more than it had. Um, to, to say that like, you know, this god... You know, I would much let you know. Let's think about a plot line where we would maybe like it even more. Let's consider that a god is tricked. What's his name? I don't remember his name. Who's the who's the, wanderer? Is the character I think? I have the no ho- clue. The, the horse is Agro or Argo. I, I think no, Argo. I, have, I don't remember at all. Yeah, well, that's part of it. It's not super memorable. But the the kid, his name is Wanderer, I think. Um, and so he has the sword of light. He's been granted that. You don't know why. You don't know why. You don't know where that background comes from. There's a cult of religious leaders that are like chasing after him because they know what he's about to do is wrong. So there's a sense there that he's being pursued, but he's just doing this for, for love. So you get a mix of a, of, and that's good. But <laughs> a what lot is of it? that is like what contributes to it feeling incomplete. Yes, exactly. In my opinion. Exactly. Um, what if what if the these big colossi were attacking villages and you had to like you know, go out and defeat them and, um, and you had to figure out how to do it. Each one, you know, it's obviously it's tedious, but like you have to go do it. And, um, another village was attacked. Can you go find this Colossi and beat it? You don't even have to go to the village. You don't even have to go to the village, but what if you were giving, you were being given deeds by the religious leaders and they said, listen, another Colossi attacked. You'll find it in the Southeast uh, in a span of whatever else desert and use your sword to help guide you in the right direction. 
um, and I want to mention how the game is a little, while I love the exploration, it almost like, because it knows there's very little for you to explore, it takes you right to the next boss fight. So yeah. <clears throat> it's I'm like, okay it's, with that though. Like I, I didn't necessarily need it to be a big giant open world thing. Like it was fine for me to, for it to be linear. Like yeah. in reality, that's <clears throat> what it is. Like it's thinly veiled open world, you know, but it's not really when it comes down yeah. to it. I guess I'm spoiled with my RPGs, Josh. I just kind of expect yeah, well, like you're playing Horizon over there. And... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, get spoiled by yeah. Horizon. I am, I am, and and again to try to like remember that this game was originally released in 2005, and honestly, like what open world games were up? We didn't have Skyrim that was 2011. We didn't have Breath of the Wild that was 2017. We didn't have right. some of the best of the best of the best of RPGs, open world. I don't RPGs. think open world was a thing yet at that point. Exactly. At least not on the level of. I think Assassin's Creed is like the first one that like really expanded blew that. Blew people's socks yeah. off. Yeah. And that exactly. was just around the corner. So, so maybe sure. just and the imagination. I'm sure as well, Jared, that like a lot of the the clunkiness was a lot worse on the PS2 oh, than I'm this sure, version. Yeah. Like, I yeah. am sure they went back and tried to gear, like, fix some of that stuff up. Yeah. So we're even, like, blessed in that respect, and it's still yes. not good. <laughs> and, and, and I think you can say easily, like, old game is old. Stop being so harsh on it. It came out in 2005. You should compare it to its peers. You should do all this different stuff. But I guess my whole reasoning behind some of these points that I make is that, I'm not arguing for a game to be perfect in 2005. What I am arguing is that why did you remake an existing game when it needed a better version of itself? Yeah. You didn't, and and remake's too strong of a word. You just retouched it. Why did you spend however many years, you know, reconfiguring it? too strong of a word. I'm pretty sure they built it from the ground up. Like, it's not the bones of the other one i'm pretty mm. sure blue point is about like from the ground up like that's their shtick so anytime it's a blue point remake you know it's going to be amazing and so that's why i mean colossus is what put them on the map i'm pretty sure but i still understand what you're saying i just am pointing well out that's fair no <laughs> i i i need the counterpoint maybe i'm absolutely full of crap i i just you know i I suppose that like there seems to be so many um, obvious shortcomings. I agree. Yeah. Right. Well, and I totally agree that this does need a sequel. I think is what yes. you said last week. Yeah. Like that's what this needed, not this necessarily. It's yeah. nice to have this, but this isn't the end all be all. Yeah. That being said, Jared, I honestly would encourage people to buy this. Like just from the, um, the history of it, I think is part of it for me. Just because I'm, you know, an enthusiast in that way. But also <clears throat> the, the fun, like, awe moments that you get in it, like, are enjoyable and it's fun to show off. I feel like maybe it's a little aged at this point, but especially back in 2018, like it was cool to like, hey, look at like that. I mean, it caught your eye, right? Yeah, you were it did. Looking over yeah. my shoulder and. In that respect, like it, it definitely has that eye-catching thing to it. So I wouldn't say like don't buy it. You know, like sometimes it's like five dollars. <laughs> so yes, like yes. pick it up. Like it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but 
don't expect it to be don't expect it to be fun <laughs> i guess <laughs> which is unfortunate well, to say yeah i wouldn't even say don't expect it to be fun but i would i would say don't expect perfection don't expect uh modernity don't expect anything beyond the cinema and the music and the soundscape and the emotions and there are some emotions cuz you just you don't know what's going on so you're just hauntingly killing these creatures and many of them you awaken from a slumber or disturb from a rest and you just kind of wonder it's like just the disconnect between what seems to be these creatures and the fans that are you know in love with them because they seem peaceful or cute even sometimes and this disruptive, disastrous, violent God that takes your humanity for unsealing him. There's, you see what I'm saying? Like there's a disconnect there. And so perhaps this game can be your introverted solace as you ride you know, Argo across the haunted wastelands and the difference in terrain and, and whatever else. I just, I, I suppose that I, you, you can't expect modern RPG elements from it. It's just different. It's not it's not the same. You do, there's really no purpose to collecting the things that you collect um, for doing the things that you do. All the awards that you get are done in time attack mode. Um, and that can be used, I guess, to do new game plus and to do whatever else. And, and that's all fine and dandy. I just suppose that like, if you're hoping for a lonely solitude, you know, isolated journey across, you know, kind of a barren, empty, sealed land, you know, that's, this is all for you. But to expect something on the, the, the gameplay level of Breath of the Wild or, you know... Metroid Dread. Metroid, yeah. yeah it just won't be that smooth. It won't be that... It, it'll be almost as pretty, to be frank. Um, but it will just be For totally sure. different. And, and it's one of those things, like, I totally agree with you, Josh. Like, go purchase it because it'll open your mind to the possibilities of otherworldly dimensions and otherworldly plot lines and storylines and characters... And, you know, the, the possibilities for combat and dealing with some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just suppose that I had such high hopes for it because the small glimmer of it that I saw that you playing it was that game in its element. You were fighting this, I don't know what it was, but you're like, I think I have to do this here. But the idea was that you had to climb up, grab, you know, you, in danger of running out of stamina as you fought this creature down and you know the little guy powering the, but that was the core of the game that I saw. I didn't see the frustration. Right. I didn't see the tediousness. I didn't see your 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 gritted teeth as you yelled at the TV. You know, <laughs> all I saw was the game at its best. And so, just be aware of that for sure. Yep. Um. So, question then, Jared, does this game get into the hall? What say ye? I say no, but I'd be willing to be convinced. Um, I mean, how much of an impact did Shadow of the Colossus have on gaming? How much of what we deal with now is because of the the groundwork done by this game? You know what I mean? It's hard to say. It definitely is. Like, it had such a legacy and I remember when Last Guardian was announced and everybody was talking about it and everybody was invoking Shadow of the Colossus in every article, you know, because it's the same people. And Last Guardian just fell so flat that it didn't, 
leave a good taste in anybody's mouth. And I think it also kind of started to reveal to people that they had rose-tinted glasses looking at Shadow of the Colossus. And I genuinely think if you try to go back and play that original release, it is going to be atrocious. Like, this one is, is clunky, but that one's got to be awful. And I haven't even touched it, and I can almost guarantee that. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know if it really does end up standing up. I think, you know, in a hundred years, nobody's going to remember Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. I think people will remember some of these other titles. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about this one. You know? Yeah. So, I'm okay with not putting it in the Hall of Games as well. I just think that it needs... Modernity is the wrong word, but just a sequel in which... I would consider a sequel to this game fixing not even the things that I mentioned, but just kind of making it better, bigger, badder, um, you know, round two of dealing with Dorman and his... Because the Throw game changes... villages, guys. Yeah. Take some s- notes. <laughs> well, now I feel now I feel like, you know, I, I'm being hubristic in my suggestions of, of uh, what would make the game better. <laughs> it's our but, podcast, Jared. You're allowed to yeah, we Yeah, we can, we can do that. But I, I just suppose the, you know, I, I, I could easily see a sequel. Can you... Okay, so let me just... just even, the mechanics of this game... I could easily see be becoming, you know, like the mechanics in this game easily becoming like a game uh, that would be perfect for like the plotline of Godzilla. Sure, dude. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like the blue point, I would totally trust with like a, a game with more plot, more story, more depth because they, they nailed like the, the vibes, but the mechanics of Heck trying yes, to kaiju. you. Yes, some ca- or like um uh what's the word I'm looking for uh what's what was that movie um Pacific Rim in- yeah Pacific Rim yes and Heck yeah yeah I don't know I so that that's I I don't think it should go in the Hall of Games Jared. but I could easily see a, a sequel what what's up I am so excited for you to play God of War three because <laughs> it satiates a lot of those desires I think. Okay. Um, it cheats because it has that Greek to pull from. Sure. Um, but it delivers on the scale stuff that like they're coming, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, they're coming from uh, their own original vision, you know? Yeah. So, but I think, yeah, having a, a sequel would demand something that has the variety of a Greek pantheon, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's got to pop. And then yeah. on top of that, have the scale. And then you got to clean up those controls. Like, you got to clean up just the that part of the game. You know what a good game is that I think would, like, be one to actually learn from? And one that I actually didn't bring up for the games we play in. So you can add this onto my list. But Death Stranding, Jared. Um, I also got <laughs> for my birthday. So um, also on sale. But that one is a game that's like all about balance. It, you're, you're a delivery. Yep, literally. <laughs> um, but it's got a similar vibe, not in the scale side of things, but in the like quiet loneliness side of things. Um, it's not a whole lot of um, you know gameplay per se. You're just balancing these packages on your back and, and getting across the landscape. And there's a lot of tools that you can use. There's definitely interesting things to do 
of course you're avoiding the the creature thingies and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. are gonna like zap your time and all the crazy stuff that's going on with Death Stranding. I can't even start with it, but um, just the the delicate balance in the game. I honestly am impressed with it. Like I made fun of it and I d- avoided it for the longest time, but playing that briefly as well, I- I'm seeing something there that I had heard from some people was there and and i'm seeing it like there's definitely a a unique thing that clicks with death stranding that i think a shadow of the colossus 2 should take note of um just that feeling of of being alone like being in that somber move mood like is great let's transfer that but then also the delicate balance of the controls in death stranding would be perfect for the scaling of a kaiju, <laughs> you know, and um, the taking of it down or whatever it may be, um, adding in the intricate detail that you can at the level of a Death Stranding, I think would be the key to really like make the legacy of Shadow of the Colossus last into the next hundred years, mm. I guess. Yeah. And perhaps even this is kind of out of left field a little bit, but I was thinking as you were talking, like some improvements, like even just like uh, a co-op mode in which you tag team or Ooh. you know deal with you know something. We know it what good co-op it. looks like. Yeah, I mean we know what it looks like. Why would this be any different? In which you know they're to support each other. Um, maybe even maybe even a tag team of like multiple people at once, you know, summon in others, you know, one to distract the Colossi, one to climb on its back, one to heal or offer stamina. I don't know. You know, you know, there's, I just feel like there's just more that you could do with today's hardware. I mean, uh, way to, way to the creative director and is admitted freely that like they were limited because of the hardware limitations of the PlayStation 2. The problem is that we didn't really, you know, fix that a ton, you know, going going forward there's still some things that you know but then again who who am i to say maybe it was entirely intentional the way it was redesigned and remade and all that different stuff so who am i to say but um but certainly you and i should should make our own yeah (laughs) Yeah, put our money where our mouth is and just do this ourselves we have all the ideas so not the hall of games but worth a purchase as an artistic endeavor it's beautiful for sure final notes all right then a pass here this week with Shadow of the Colossus. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Unless, Jared, you have any last thoughts about No, sir. I have talked enough. I'm off. very sorry. <laughs> no worries, my friend. I am glad to have had this discussion. Final notes here. Uh, be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Drop us a five-star review. Check out our past episodes of course, there are a lot of backlog, in-depth conversations that you can access there. In fact, the other day, Jared, one of my listeners, uh, our listeners, um, was asking about a particular game. And he was wondering if we had covered it. And I was like, we actually have. Um, and it was Nino Kuni. Ah. <laughs> um, uh. For his son. He was asking for his son. So... I was like, yeah, we have a whole episode on it. Go back and check it out. There you go. Um, so he, I'm assuming, did that. I don't know. I actually <laughs> double-checked. But 
That is a thing, you know? So that's go great. back. Check those other ones out. There's a lot of uh, fun stuff that's happened in the past. It's also weird to go back and like hear COVID stuff in the past. It's interesting every now and then. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's unique as well, if that piques your fancy. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you agree with our decision. And if you don't, which I think many will not, tell us why. Until then, this is the Video Game Bard and the Casual signing off.